Come to our morning Sunday morning service. Let's go straight to our message. We were talking about uh, Pharaoh's situation where Pharaoh uh, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he couldn't uh, do what he had thought he would do. And uh, we were saying God can harden a man's heart. And we are going to look at the four different ways that God deals with an individual. When God is working his way, when God is working to see that his plan is accomplished, that nobody frustrates his plan, there are four ways that God deals with an individual. And uh, God governs man. God is the one that is in charge. It is not man. It's not in ourselves. But uh, God governs man. So God governs man for the purpose of accomplishing his holy ends. Whatever God planned from the foundation of the world, he will make sure that it is done. No man can frustrate, no man can stand in the way, no man can resist, no man can stop what God intends. He planned it and he has all the power. And none of us can really resist him. Let's look at, before we look at the four ways that God deals with the individuals, let's look at these scriptures in the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalms chapter 115, verse 3. But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. God will always do what he has pleased. Nobody can stop him. No situation can stop him. Nothing can hinder him. God will always do his pleasure, what he has pleased, what he has planned. None of us can stop God. <clears throat> Otherwise, God would be too small. Our God would be small if any of us could really hinder but the scripture is very clear, the psalmist said, for he has done, he has done whatsoever he has pleased. Whatever God has pleased to do, he does it. Then also in Psalms 135, Psalms 135 and verse 6, whatsoever the Lord pleased, Whatever he wanted it to be done, whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all deep places, everywhere in the universe, whatsoever the Lord pleased, he did it. <clears throat> Nothing could stop it. Nothing totally could stop. No man no situation can stop what God has pleased. 
Even here it is cited in the book of Jonah, chapter 1 and uh, verse 14. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 14. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. These people in the boat prayed that you have done. They knew. They had that understanding in their mind that God has done whatever he has pleased. <clears throat> so none of us can hinder God to do what he has planned. The way God governs wicked men, and by wicked men uh, we mean all men until an individual comes to the church of our Lord, Jesus Christ and submits to the will of God. We are all wicked, wicked men until you come to the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then you submit to the will of God in your life. All of us are wicked until God's grace works in our hearts, till God has mercy on us. We are all wicked. After the fall of man, we all fell in Adam. Adam being our federal head, when he fell, all of us fell. All his posterity fell. All his descendants. That's why we are born fallen. We are born with that fallen nature. And none of us can do right. We, are, we were seeing it in the last service. None of us can do right until God exerts a sovereign influence in our lives, sovereign regress in our lives, then we are able, he helps us when we exercise our will, he helps us to make the right decision. So, God governs men for the purpose of accomplishing his old holy ends, holy ends. Whatever he has planned, that this must be accomplished, and it is his holy ends. It's not wicked ends, holy ends. And so God governs men for the purpose of accomplishing his own holy ends by the following uh, methods. Number one, how God governs man, how he works to accomplish his will, his holy end. Uh, one of it, the first one, a restraining influence. Restraining. Have you ever thought to do something and somehow you feel restrained? Within you, you feel restrained. That could be God exerting a restraining influence in your life when you had thought of doing something, somehow within you, you are restrained. You really wanted to give that person a piece of your mind. You really wanted to fix that person. You wanted to do something, but if you had done it, that would have been outside the will of God. It would have not brought uh, a holy end. 
that God purposed. So what God does, uh, when you could have done it, you feel within you that restraining influence. You say, I wanted to beat my son, but uh, somehow something restrained me. I could have done that. You wanted to go somewhere and you felt that restraining influence. You say, you felt lazy. That was a restraining influence. Many, many times, whether it is in the hearts of the believers, whether it is in the heart of wicked men, God exerts. To accomplish his holy end, God exerts a restraining influence. Many, many times, and uh, some people who don't believe, they will say, I don't know what stopped me. I was going to fix that person, but I don't know what happened. Uh, you are lucky. Uh, something stopped me. Uh, I don't know what it is. Something stopped me. But as we are learning this lesson, as we are going, we are becoming acquainted with the way God works. When you would like to do something, when you would like to say a word, then you feel within you some restraining influence. Then probably, most probably, it is God exerting that so that you do his will, so that he accomplishes his holy end. God uses a restraining influence many many, many times. You wanted to approach somebody for a job, you wanted to get married to a certain young man or young lady, somehow that was that you want us to go and speak, but there is that restraining influence. So that is number one. God exerts a restraining influence. Number two, a softening influence. One of the ways that God uh, works in our lives to accomplish his will in our lives to bring us to where he accomplishes, where he, God, accomplishes his holy end is by exerting a softening influence. Uh, somehow you feel uh, that soft, softening influence. You were hard and all of a sudden your, your heart is softened. Uh, after some days or after some weeks, you experience that uh, you are acting softly. You are replying softly. You are not as hard as you had imagined. You are not really uh, as furious. Uh, you have not hardened. There is a, a softening in the influence. And you ask yourself, I don't know what softened, softened my heart. I was really sad. But somehow my heart was softened and I gave him the money. My heart softened and I gave him a lift. Uh, somehow, I was not said I had almost sworn not to help that individual. But somehow, my heart was softened, and I don't understand why. <clears throat> you are lucky. 
humanly speaking. That's what people say. Somehow, I had sworn never to help that tribe, never to help, never to do anything with that gentleman. But days later, my heart softened. God had a plan. You couldn't accomplish. You couldn't do your will. You couldn't do that which you had intended it to do. He exerted a softening influence. So, that is number two, softening influence. Number three is a directing influence where you don't even understand why you are taking that path. You had intended to take the other, you had intended to do the other activity, you had intended to go to the other school. All these areas in life that we go through, you had, decided, you had intended to go and settle in a certain place, go to a certain school, you had intended to become, to go into the army, you wanted to be this, but uh, somehow you found yourself going in a certain direction. That is probably was God directing, because God does it when he wants to accomplish his holy end. He can exert a directing influence to where even though it was not your intention to take that route, even though it was not your intention to do that course, it was not your intention <clears throat> to accept and get married to that man or to that lady. It was not your intention to do that job. It was not your intention to go and live in that place. It was not even your intention to get saved. But God wanting you to go a certain direction in order to accomplish his holy end, you find a directing influence. Somehow taking a direction that initially within yourself you do not intend uh, to go that way, but somehow you find yourself things working out, situations, circumstances working out to where you take that particular direction. That is a directing influence. Then uh, the fourth one, how God deals with individual, works in individuals' uh, lives to accomplish uh, his holy end is by a hardening influence. Hardening. You wanted to do something. You had intended, but God hardens your heart. He said, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, my heart became hard. You had intended to say yes. But all of a sudden, from nowhere, you find yourself, mm -mm. and people say, my heart is hard. You have told me to go, I had initially accepted, but days later, 
I found my heart. I don't know what has happened to me. My heart is hard. It's hard. I wanted to go to such and such a place. We had made all the plans. Everything was ready. Transport, all that we needed. But during the night, I found my heart hardening. So I crossed the journey. God did not intend you to go on that journey. So, there is a purpose for your life. So what God did was to exert a hardening influence. And you hardened. You wanted to be somebody, you wanted to go somewhere, you wanted to get married to somebody. There are so many as we go through life, things where God, because God has planned our life, one scripture, when you read it in the Living Bible, it says, He has charted my path. And all that you do is you fall in place. That's why a child of God, we should pray. Prayer. Don't do things without praying because that gives God an opportunity to work. You'll be able, when you are prayerful, you'll be able to yield to God's will. You'll be able to sense <clears throat> that probably this is God hardening my heart. This is God softening my heart. This is God directing my heart. This is God restraining me. Uh, we need to pray so that we can fall in place the path that God has charted for us. Now, God does that not only in our hearts. How many people have said, I'm going to do away with you. If you, by the end of this year, if you'll be still alive, then I will not be so and so. And somehow God works out and his words uh, fall to the ground. He never accomplishes because God works out and he doesn't clear you, doesn't kill you. Uh, all this God does. God is in charge. This should tell us that God is in charge. And we do well. It is very hard for man to accept the will of God. Sometimes the will of God is not palatable, it's not nice, it's not good, it's not what we desire, it's not comfortable. But as we go through this lesson, child of God, learn to, to desire the will of God. It may be hard, it may be hard, but it's not good to go outside. <clears throat> but pardon me, the will of God. Paul said, I mean Paul was told, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Paul's desire to persecute these that were following Jesus' way. These that were following the faith that we dearly embrace. <clears throat> Paul was determined to do away with them. To get them into prison and have some killed. Uh, they, those that were leaders, have them killed. But... He was told it is hard. He found out it was hard to kick against the pricks. So Paul had to say, Lord, first of all he has said, Who art thou? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then he says, What will thou have me do? Uh, what do you want me to do? Uh, and he said, yeah, You go, you will be told. And from then on, Paul followed the ways of the Lord. Paul, Paul was able 
to hearken. Every child of God should desire the will of God. Do you want to please God? It's wonderful when you walk in his will. We would like to live where we want. We would like to marry people we want. We would like to do the jobs that we want. We don't even bother to ask, is this the will of God for me? Is this what God wants me to do? Is this what God has planned for me in life? Are you a sincere child of God? Have you surrendered yourself to the Lord? Can you be guided by the Lord? This is talking about God guiding you and you surrendering your will. Uh, there is a song we, we normally sing, I surrender, I surrender all, uh, including your will, not only your property, not only your uh, finances, not only your uh, belongings, but uh, surrendering your will. That even when he leads you to climb the mountain, you climb the mountain. Even when he leads you to go through the waters, problems, through the waters, you go through. You say, God, give me grace. Even when he leads you to go through the fire, and the fire burns, things are not good. Uh, who knows why he's allowing you to go through the fire? But the comforting thing, within the fire, he will be right there with you. Whether you are going through the flood, he will be right there with you. Uh, we sing songs that sometimes he leads us through the valley, uh, sometimes through the flood. But where his grace leads us, there he will be with us. If he has led us to to go through the fire, he will be right there. When Daniel was thrown into the den of lions, I tell you, the Lord was there because the Lord closed the mouth of the lions. When these three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery furnace, uh, the Lord was there. The fire did not burn their clothes, their hair, the fire never touched them. So whatever hard situation, uh, we must learn that God will be with us. There are many trials in life as we live this world, this life. There are so many trials, there are so many mountains. There are valleys that we go through, there are mountains to climb, there are valleys to cross, we normally sing. Uh, but always before us, the Lord will uh -huh. open a door. There will be an open door. If the Lord closes the door, somebody said he will open a window. If he closes the window, there will be somehow a ventilator. If the ventilator is closed, somewhere there will be a crack. There will be a way where you can go through. And so, what this should teach us is to desire to listen to the Lord. You want peace, abundant peace, comes when you do the will of God. You'll be at peace uh, when you do the will of God. There might be going through, through problems, but there will be a joy of salvation because you are doing the will of God. There will be peace. You are in the fire, but you have the joy of the Lord because you are doing His will. You are in the waters, uh, a very hard situation, but you feel the joy of salvation. There is that peace that you receive. Uh, if it were in the world, probably 
you would go mad. Uh, you would, uh, you would go into a mental institution. But because it's the Lord that has permitted everything that comes to us, it is either the created or permitted of the Lord. And because you have accepted that what you are going through, the Lord has permitted that, the Lord gives you the peace. He gives you the joy to where you successfully go through that. Things are hard, things are tough, but you find there is that joy within you. The joy inside is because you are in line with the will of God. So the way God governs man to accomplish his, his, God's holy end, what he planned from the foundation of the world is through these four ways that we have just covered here. A restraining influence. Number one, softening influence. Number two, Directing influence, number three, and a hardening influence, number four. So, proceeding here in the book of uh, Ephesians, let's turn to Ephesians here and uh, look at these scriptures, Ephesians chapter three, and uh, Verses 7 through 11. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, whom am less than the least of all saints, is his grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto the principalities, powers in heavenly places might be known by who? By the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, what does, what do these scriptures teach us? In other words, before there was ever a second entity created in the universe, before there was ever a second entity created in the universe, God already knew what he would do with every one of us. God knew what he would do with every one of us. He knew what he would do in the world, in the earth. <clears throat> he knew what he would do with all creation. He knew. Now, like we have read, the purpose of the church is to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. How God planned to redeem man. A mystery. Fallen man. And the purpose of the church is to let other beings 
other created beings in the universe, how God worked to save man, to redeem fallen man, man that was totally depraved, that we shall tell our story, the church, we the church that have been redeemed, to tell other created beings how God loved us and how he reached down to us and how he would sustain us through the trials and the tests of life, how he would sustain, how he sustained us and kept us and helped us until we met. So it's to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God. The church is to manifest that which was hidden to the rest of the created beings. Uh, we shall tell angels, angels that never fail, the story of redemption. We are to tell, we the human being, the church, we are to tell other created beings the story of redemption. The church is the highest agency of God's operation on the earth. It's the highest agency. That was that which God uses in the earth, the church. Uh, we are to be used of God to accomplish his will here on earth. The church is the highest agency. There is no institution on the earth. There is no institution on the earth that God has raised up to represent himself. No institution on the earth that God has raised up to represent himself or to unfold himself, to represent himself or to unfold himself or to manifest himself. Let's get to those terms. There is no institution on the face of the earth that God has raised up, number one, to represent himself, two, to unfold himself, three, to manifest himself, or explaining, almost the same thing, or even four, to explain himself to his creation, but the church. So it is the church that the Lord, God has chosen, God has raised up to represent himself, uh, to unfold himself, to manifest himself, to explain himself to his creation. God has chosen the church to do that. God first wants you to understand what he's doing. And then, through your obedience, through our obedience and cooperation, the entire universe is to understand what God is doing. That's why the church 
is going to explain the story of redemption. The church is going to explain how the Lord saved us, to explain the love of God. What an opportunity that we have. God purposed to use the church as his educational institution to unfold his wisdom to his entire creation, to everything that he created in the universe. God purposed that it should be the church to be his educational institution to unfold his wisdom. The church is to show the rest of the creation the wisdom <clears throat> of God to show how God applied wisdom to save us, how he worked to redeem us. And uh, let's see some scriptures here in the book of Acts chapter 4 verses uh, 27 through 28. For the truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. What were they gathered together to do? For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. They gathered to do what God's counsel had determined that this should be done. Those people, the Gentiles, and all these that are mentioned in this scripture, Herod and the Gentiles, they were just gathered to do, in short, the will of God. They were not doing something that God could shock God. Oh, I had intended this to be done, my son. How could they do that to my son? I saw something in you. They didn't shock God. Verses 25 and 26 who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did he the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. They gathered, but they only did what God intended them to do. Uh, they didn't do something that, is, uh, that frustrated God, where God could say, my God, I never imagined this. See what is happening. I, I didn't think this would be done. They didn't do that. So in this particular case, God did not look down in the telescope of, telescope of time and see what Israel would be doing to his son in AD 30 and then maybe then God realigned his activities just because he looked into the telescope of time oh this is what these people are going to do they are going to stand against my son they are going to raise up to rise up uh, against my son and they are going to crucify him. Oh my God. 
Now, seeing that that is going to be done, let me align my activities, let me put their plan, how I can now resurrect him since they are going to kill him. Now I must come up with a plan to resurrect him so that he does. God did not have to realign his activities just because he foresaw what would happen. God is in charge. So God determined what they would do before there was ever a nation of Israel. He determined what he would do before even the nation of Israel existed. He did that from the foundation of the world. So that's what we should know. Israel was doing, the Jews, they were doing what they were doing freely and willingly. But we must know God had already ordained that they must do what they were doing. Like we have been learning and now we understand the Jews, they exercised, <clears throat> they freely exercised their will. They did, they were doing what they did to arrest him, <clears throat> to betray him. Every individual that played a part to say crucify him, crucify him. Bring him before Herod, before the priest, the high priest. Whatever activity, what they were doing. They were exercising their free will. But they were not doing something outside what God had intended. There is nothing that shocked God. Everything was just falling in place. So, whereas, whereas they were exercising their own free will, they were actually doing the will of God. They were doing, they, they just accomplished what God intended it to be done. Uh, because without them killing, uh, putting to death the Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> we wouldn't have been saved. Because the Lord demanded that a sinner must die. Somebody who is sinless had to die for us. So, God is in control. Does this, does this give you a comfort? Can it give you peace when somebody threatens your life? When somebody says, you are going to see. Within two years, you are going to see. If I don't accomplish my plan, then I'm not the one. I'm going to do this. People threaten you. Whether you are at the job, I'm going to fire you. I have the power. I'm going to fire you. That's why Christ said, when one said, don't you know that I have power to imprison you or to set you free? Christ politely said, you couldn't have that power if it was not, if you were not given from above. If somebody threatens to fire you and he fires you, it's because God intended that you be fired. He's, he's leading you somewhere. And that should do all these things that come against us, that we think are bad incidents. They are bad things that happen to us. 
all those things should, we should know nothing is happening without God permitting. Everything that is happening, God has permitted. So there should be peace. Things can be hard. Losing a job is not palatable. It's not something nice. You have been earning and all of a sudden you lose a job. Uh, losing a loved one, losing a husband, losing a wife, uh, divorce. All these nasty experiences that we go through life, we should understand nothing can happen to us. Who to God we trusted the sovereignty of God. To know that God is in control. Nothing can go out of place. These messages should mature us. Mature us. So that when bad things happen, terrible as they are, nasty as they are, we stay firm, believing in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Let's have faith in God. Let's know God is in control. God is doing what he has pleased. So, if God is not in control, if somehow God looked down in the telescope of time and saw the unfolding of history, and God is a victim of history, and God had to weave, weave in his events and send his son at a certain time to fit in the outreach of his historical events, then God is at the mercy of history. If all the above is true, then God is at the mercy of history. Can I say it over? If God is not in control, if somehow God looked down in the telescope of time and saw the unfolding of history, and God is a victim of history, and God had to weave in his events and send his son at a certain time to fit in the outreach of history or in the outreach of historical events, then God is at the mercy of history. And the scriptures that we have read are false. The scriptures that we have read showed us that God is in control. They showed us that God just does his will. Whatever happened, uh, it is just fulfilled the plan of God. Even in that, there was scripture that we have just read in the book of Acts. But what we know is that history is at the mass of God. 
God is not at the mass of history. History is, the truth of the matter is, history is at the mercy of God. God doesn't align himself with the unfolding events of history. He doesn't look into the telescope of time and see this is going to happen, the other is going to happen, this is going to happen, the other is going to happen. And then he says, well, what can I do? All right, since that is going to happen, then let me align my activities with what is going to happen. Then God would be at the mercy of history. God doesn't do that. Doesn't have to align his events in what is going, or within his events, in what is going to transpire, in what history is going to unfold. So, history is not God. A child of God should not believe in the theory of evolution, that things have been evolving. There is a force. Things have been evolving. History is not God. Neither is history the unfolding of evolution as humanists tell us that it is. What do humanists tell us? They tell us that history is the unfolding of evolution. We shouldn't believe, if we are children of God, we, should, we shouldn't believe in that theory of evolution. We have been taught, if you are a student, you can answer according to what they teach to pass exams, but in your heart, that should never be something that you believe in. You only answer to pass your exam, because that's what humans believe, that's what teachers that don't know God teach, and they want you to make to believe it. You answer according to what they taught you because you must pass your exams, but in your heart you know this that I'm writing is not according to the scriptures, is not correct. History is not the unfolding of evolution. In the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 28, For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done, for to do what thy hand and thy counsel determined, God determined to do uh, before, determined before to be done. God had determined what would be done. God did not blend himself, uh, did not blend himself in with the unfolding 
well, did not blend himself with the unfolding events of history. That's what I've been saying. He didn't look into the telescope of time, see what was going to transpire, and then weave in his events so that they go in line with what he has seen was going to happen. God created history to do his will. Whatever is happening in the earth, God created history to do his will. There is nothing that goes on that God did not either decree or permit. Nothing is happening out there, outside of God's control. Even wars that we see, don't think, oh God, I think God cannot stop this way. This war, man's heart is so hard. Haven't we read, haven't we studied, covered the different ways God leads? God can soften the leaders, uh, those that lead the nation, the presidents, the prime ministers. He can soften their heart where they don't attack the, another nation. He can do that. So when a war takes place, when any calamity takes place, it's because God either decreed or permitted it. He's in control. Don't say, no, this God, uh, man's heart. Then we glorify men as though men are above God, they are more powerful. When a man has a heart and his heart, God cannot break that heart. Uh, that's blasphemy. Uh, keep saying, we are believers, but we have made our God so small. Why am I saying so, that we have made him so small? Because we somehow think there are certain things that he can't deliver us from. There are certain diseases that he can't deliver us from. When a sickness or disease has hardened or fastened on us, God has permitted it for a purpose. He knows us very well. He knows. Maybe we need that in order to be saved. Maybe we need that in order to cultivate a certain attitude, to produce a certain attitude that is right, that will be useful in the kingdom. Uh, it's not because God can't deliver us, God can't heal us. It's not because God is limited. It's not because God cannot deliver you from any situation, any calamity. It's not because man's heart is so hard that he can't touch, uh, he can't soften the, uh, these leaders, presidents, so that they don't attack each other. It's not because even the natural calamities like hurricanes, earthquake, it's not because God is weak and he can't stop that earthquake. He can't stop that hurricanes, uh, these wild winds. It's not because he can't stop floods. It's not because he can't stop these famines. All of those serve to accomplish his holy end. God is powerful. If he permits them, probably is to knock at man's door. 
that wake up, turn to God, turn to me, turn to me, God speaking to man, so that you will be judged, uh, you will be given righteous judgment, you are given an opportunity. And so these things that happen, all these diseases, it's not because God can't stop COVID-19, he can. But he's still, he's still here with us. Probably he's giving medicine, I mean wisdom to man to find a vaccine. Probably he'll give man a vaccine. And all that is working out his purpose. He knows how long it will be around. Maybe it will be there forever. Um, he knows what he's doing. So let's not make, we are believers, if we are children of God, let's not make our God so small. There are certain things he can do. God can heal a headache, but he can't heal pressure. A headache, a flu, God can. Those are things easy. God can heal a headache or flu. But God to make a lame man walk, have you read the scriptures? He did it. There is nothing that is too hard. What do scriptures say? What is impossible to man is possible with God. What we can't do, God himself does it. So there is no need for us to doubt God and think God is weak. God can't do this. God can do anything. But all that is happening is working out his holy end. Whether it is these natural disasters, is in it. Shall there be a calamity? Will there be war? Will there be famine? And the Lord has not commanded it? And the Lord has not done it. The scriptures are very plain. We are not going to turn into those scriptures, but they are there. As you read the Bible, you will find them. Will there, will there be a, a war? Will there be famine? And God is not in it? Everything that happens, God is in it. So, nothing is happening out there, outside of God's control. History is not what will come to pass. Let's get it right. History is not what will come to pass, but rather history is what God has purposed, purposed to bring to pass. History is what God has purposed to bring it to pass. So history is not what will come to pass. If you believe in the theory of evolution, that's how you would define history. History is not, you would say history is what will come to pass. It will be the theory of evolution at work. <clears throat> But history is not what will come to pass, but rather 
History is what God has purpose to bring to pass. History is what God brings to pass. Not what will come to pass by the theory of evolution, but what God has purpose to bring to pass. In other words, if you are God's child, you are in the greatest position of any individual on the face of the earth. If you are a child of God, you are in the greatest position of any individual on the face of the earth. Why? Because whatever you are going through, God is involved. Nothing is happening to you by chance, by bad luck. Mm -mm. God is in control and you are in a unique place. Very, very unique. In Proverbs here, let's look at Proverbs 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and the verse we want is verses 1 through 4. The preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes. But what happens? But the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. See, everything shows God is in charge. If you look particular verse 1, the preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. In other words, God will influence you, will work it out to whatever, as you exercise your will to speak, you are just doing the bidding of God. Uh, you are just doing what is right. So God is in control. This shows that God can exert, verse 1 of Proverbs 16, God can exert a directing influence. He can exert a directing influence. You may not understand like we were saying why you are taking that route, why you are going this way, why you are doing this, you can plan. But in all the plans, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will just do the bidding of God. None of us can say, God wanted me for me to do this, but I, I hardened myself, I hardened my heart. No, then God would be a weak entity. Uh, God wanted me to be this, but me, I wanted to be a teacher. 
God wanted me to do medicine, but I wanted to be a teacher. So as it were, you hardened your heart against God. No, every one of us, we are doing the bidding of God. None of us is doing something that is outside what God has planned. We should understand as the children of God, God has all the power. He has all the power to make us do his will. None of us. You end up somewhere where you didn't want. You end up with a job you didn't imagine you would do. You had plans. I would want to be this. I want to go this way. I want to do that. But God being God, he exacts an influence to where you end up where God wants you to be. You end up doing what God wanted you to be, what God planned for you. That's how big and how powerful God is. And that's why as the children of God, we should learn to surrender to God. We should learn to ask, Lord, am I in your right will? Where I'm going, what I'm doing, is it right? Oh, I don't want to go outside your will. Time has caught us up. We are going to continue. This is helping us to understand God better. Thank you for listening and may the Lord bless you. Amen.